Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and of course, tales of parenting woe. Because let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, you're listening to Parents in Hell with... Can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. Can you say Josh Widdicombe? <laughs> Can you say Michael Marden? My Very good. <laughs> yeah, that was solid, that. That was good. Not sure about Michael's name being in no. there. It's a bit odd. A bit odd. Yeah. Currying favour. Mm. Good morning. This is our two year old daughter, Freya. I'm presuming it's Freya. F R E J A? Freya. Freja? Freja? It's got to be Freya, hasn't it? Who knows? Sounds Scandinavian. Freja. Yeah. Uh, rather brilliantly, since learning your name, she now call, calls the swallows nesting in our street, Rob Beckett. Oh. Swallows nesting? What is he, he need Blyton ringing in. Yeah, this ringing is him. nice, isn't it? Um, oh, look, they he are. He sounded very... He sounded like he was like a broadcaster, the guy. Yeah, she often calls out to see Rob Beckett, Rob Beckett. Uh, we live in West Cornwall in the village of Mausel. Mausel is lovely. Don't try and drive there. The streets are too tight in my humble. <laughs> It sounds like an old car you've got. <laughs> Don't drive my old humble around there. Ah, the humble can't get it scratched to pieces. <laughs> the old Ford humble. We've been listening to your podcast since Freya Freja came along. It's Freya is Swedish. It's Freya. It's Swedish. It means lady or noble woman. And she's now a big sister to a three-month-old, Efa. Can you spell Efa, Rob? Efa. A O E F E. Oh, so close. A O I F E. Fuck. It's so- nightmare Irish names, isn't it? Yeah, that's Irish. So maybe Freya's sending bit, love from the West Country. A... Thank you for the brilliant laughs, Louis and Alisa. Do you want to know the um? The... P.S. All our names are a nightmare. They <laughs> are. Oh, they've put the they put the uh, pronunciations here. Yeah, Freja, which is pronounced Freya. Yeah, A.O.E. which is pronounced Efa. Yeah, uh, Lewis, which is pronounced Louis. <laughs> uh, Ali- Alessa, Alisa, which is pronounced Alisa. I, when I go to Ireland, I do a bit of material, but I think it's okay. It's like when they, the Irish names, it's like yeah. they pick a name, yeah. like Aoife or Siobhan. Yeah. And they go, right, how are we spelling it? Siobhan. Scrabble bag. <laughs> Boom. That's how we're spelling it. <laughs> do you want me to tell you about going to South East London? Yes. Went to South East London. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. To a birth in Crystal Palace Park. I'd say it's more South London Palace. Oh, for fuck's no, sake. No, but it's South East. It's more South East and South West, but yeah. Go. Is, it, is this not your neck it's of the SC. woods? Yeah, it's, it's sort of, yeah. You know, Mark Steele was there. Joe yeah, Brand. These are South East London people. Well, that, why did you go and see them? It was Izzy Sooty's birthday. Right, OK, yeah. I know Izzy Sooty. In the park. Say. Yeah. Uh, it's a long old drive with two kids. Save, save my son's nap for the drive. Yeah. He did 20 minutes. Not yeah, because you have to come through the tunnel and then round. Through the tunnel, mate. Through the bloody tunnel. Yeah. Um, get there. He runs off. It's in a park. Yeah. Don't, don't get to talk to an adult for the whole thing. No, because you can't go... Oh, no, actually, the, the adults are going to this bit of the park. Yeah. You're just on the swings. Yeah. 
Exactly. So he just runs off. So was it an adult? Was it a kids thing as well? Like everyone yeah, adults daytime. party with kids there in the daytime. Yeah. Picnic. Picnic. I don't like picnics. No. What's your problem? A lot of it. Lot no, there was no food. No, it was like afternoons. There was no like sitting down having a sandwich. So what are you doing? Just all stood up. Talking? Well, I went to the cafe. Got right. a tea. Yeah. Oh, I, what was I doing? Was, what's I was the following, hub of the I was, party? I was uh, a load of adults stood around having prosecco and no. cake. Right. Blankets? No, I don't no, think so. Maybe, just, so maybe blankets. Maybe blankets. Yeah. People were sat down. Okay, it's nice for Crystal Palace Park, isn't it? Well, yeah, I, I explored the whole thing with my son. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally, <laughs> you just kind of. Basically, what would happen is, me or Rose would follow him. Yeah. And then after about ten minutes, the one who'd followed him would loudly go, "No, oh, don't make me go over there as well." And then the other one would feel like, oh, right, that's the signal that I need to take over. I so don't a kind of passive-aggressive a... way of saying yeah. to your partner, yeah. I'm done with this, I want to talk to an adult. As an outsider, do you think that's the best way to communicate? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Looking back, how do you think you'd play it next time? Exactly the same. The same yeah, 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 exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> And then just sort of build, and then one yeah. will end up doing more and just build up a slight yeah. resentment. Yeah. And what's your daughter do at this stage? Just sort of. Oh, she's playing with the other kids of her age. And they're just hanging around that little area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're having a great time. Two two's, is a tough. That is hard. Um, yeah. And then and we, he's too young for an iPad. And then we got back in the car. Well, you say that. Got back in the car. Yeah. Yeah, but you're too young to actively be able to have it properly. Yeah. It's like so we get back in the car. They've both got their iPads the way home. Oh, we but, can't. We don't do that. They get car sick. No, they're fine in the car with right. it. One iPad dead. One on one percent. <laughs> one one charging lead. And what are you doing my there? phone on on three percent and needs it for Why is your everything so low charge? Because my phone I've got into this thing of in fact I need to charge my phone at this exact moment. I was meant to, what? I, I'm not charging my phone over the night at the moment. Why not? Because I'm forgetting to. Because I'm putting, uh, well, basically. I'd say charging your phone at night is the most important thing anyone has to do in in, a in life. I yeah. know. I basically you can't do anything about. I've got a, park. I've got a brown noise machine. Yeah. That's taken the plug off my phone next to the bed. Right. So. So you need a extension lead. One of those splitters, and I just haven't got round to it. Right. Well, we've got a twenty-minute break. Yeah, I need to go to Matt Plins. Does that still exist? Probably not. No. Wilco's gone. You're better off just, just wandering the streets and looking on the floor. <laughs> I think you've got more chance of finding extension lead than a shop in Soho that does extension lead. I could find a copy of Wallpaper magazine. I reckon you could nick one out of here. Yeah, maybe. They yeah. wouldn't know. Um, anyway. Yeah. It was a perilous journey home. Yeah. <laughs> we ended up using Rose's phone to navigate. Yep. Write my phone off. It's going to just gone, die. Yeah. It's just gone. And then charge. You, you haven't got a charger in the car. We, yeah, we've got one lead. One right. You so, can get doubles on that. You can get a thing. I, yeah, I know, but it's too late by that. But you point. can get a thing that goes into the um, cigarette holder with like two USB things off. Oh, we've got more of the USBs. We just didn't have the leads. Oh right. So you've got the holes. None of the got leads. the holes, not the leads. Charge one iPad, and then they had to try and watch it together, which was oh, fucking and also the bedlam. age gap. They're not watching fucking the same bedlam. So yeah. What did you choose? My daughter didn't want to watch. Gabby's Doll's House, even though that was the thing That's that we... That's what she likes. I know, but by that point, oh, she, she no. was making a point. She but wanted to watch... watch Gabby's Doll's She wanted to watch Is It Cake? Oh, that's too grown up for a two-year-old. Exactly, is it he doesn't know My what cake like, is. is it, oh, is it cake or is it not? Yeah. He wanted to watch um, Sarah and Duck. She yeah. wanted to watch Is It Cake? We met at Gabby's Doll's House. She was furious about that because she wanted to watch Is It yeah. Cake? Then there's the discussion of... Whose seat is it going to be attached to? And you're driving, so Rose driving. is in awful break-backing turn. Yeah. That, that, that round like that. The, yeah. The non-driver, that is a brutal... Whenever I'm driving and I see Lou having to twist round and sort them out, I'm like, I've got the best job here. Driver's great. Driver's, Driver's great. great. As much as you can. Can you just be quiet a bit? I'm concentrating. Yeah. Sorry, I'm driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Actually, I'm driving everyone, isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah. Fuck it out. It's a piece of Do you know what I quite like as well? Is when we get something from the shop... It's a sandwich or a bottle of drink. I say to you, can you open that for me, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you mind opening that for me, please? I'm actually driving. 
Thank you. Okay, can I just give that back to you? Put the lid on. For like a little king. <laughs> so you mind just popping that in my mouth? Although, Thank you. Oh, here's something. When Rose is looking at her phone, yeah, while I'm driving, yeah, I do resent it. I don't mind that. What drives me mental, and I say to TikTok full volume. She'll be watching TikTok full volume as I'm driving, and I'm just like. And I'm like driving along and I hear, no, no, oh, no, no, no. He's like, I did it. And it just jumps. It's madness. Because without the pictures, it's just mad songs. Yeah. And I was like, look, Blue, do you mind? She went, I'm going to look at my phone. I'm like, it's on loud. Why are we watching TikTok I, on loud? I, I, it's, this is another passive aggressive thing I do, Rob. Go on. If I see her just going through Instagram and I'm feeling jealous and I'm just sat there <laughs> in silence, I'll go, should we have a conversation? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Awful! What a, what a twat! What a twat! Because you know, if it was the other way around, you'd be on your phone on his. Of course, because yeah. it's boring. Yeah, your driving's boring. <laughs> also, I bet you sort of build up to it as well, just a bit like. Uh, oh, so it's on your phone. Oh, yeah. Just little. Yeah. I was like, oh, any uh, any uh, anything going on? Yeah. Uh, any emails? Any messages? Messages? Should we have a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it though. I feel like I failed when I say it like that. If you yeah. say something, then you go, oh, I shouldn't Because also the demand for it's like when my parents, understandably, and I do it, you know, they'd go, Should we turn the TV off and have a conversation? You no. know, no, dad. But actually, also, you're not as interesting as The Wire. <laughs> well, The Wire wasn't around though, so I was saying, You're not as interesting as Noel's house party. <laughs> Who is? Who is? Who is? Yeah, at the moment, a conversation is called for. Yeah. I mean, I realise that's what we're. But. You just don't have anything to say. <laughs> nah. Well, that, and you've called it on. Yeah. Should we have a conversation? Yeah. Plymouth have started the season well. Yeah, you, you, can't... Can't, you can't have a conversation if you say, let's have a conversation. No, no it's, it's game over. Good. It's game over. Do you think the panel show is dead? I think it's a sleeping giant. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Mike Berbiglia. Yes. Is, he's one of our... One of our cool American comedians we get on these days. Yeah, no, so we've got a uh, cool American guy from across the pond. Across the bloody pond, eh? He's very, like... And we don't mean the Thames. We don't mean South East London. No, but he's one of them clever comics, isn't he? He sort of weaves it in. He weaves it in? He, like you? No, you're you're more like Babiglia than me. I was thinking this the other day. If I'm with you, I feel like I am basically the world's most alternative comedian. Yeah. And if I'm with Acaster, yeah. I feel like I'm the world's biggest hack. Which am I? Neither. Yeah. You're, do you know what you That's are? That's life. You're nothing. <laughs> I'm nothing. You're nothing. As soon as we label ourselves, the ego's in control. Ooh. Just be. This is Mike Bavidia. By the way, I found your podcast through Jimmy Carr who I'm only assuming you're maybe friends with him. I called him and I yes. said, I'm coming to London and Edinburgh with my old man in the pool show. What should I consider trying to be on? And he said that your podcast is the best podcast. Oh, that's nice yeah. of him. He would be right. How do you know Jimmy? From back in the day on the circuit or from him going to America to make it? Jimmy and I have known each other from doing the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal for about 15 years. As a matter of fact, in 2019 or 18, I won Comedian of the Year or whatever the thing is there. And he presented the award to me. Oh, wow. And it was very funny because, you know, Jimmy, of course, he burns you at every turn. Yeah. And so he said, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but he goes, Mike is like a cross between Woody Allen and Bill Cosby. The worst parts. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like... <laughs> That sounds like Jimmy. I did a Netflix special that was a Broadway show called The New One years ago. I think that's why he thought of this, because it was all about how the new one being the new baby and how I had a child, even though my whole life I swore I would never have a child. Really? So this Netflix special is called The New One. It's all about all the reasons why I'm never going to have a child and then about how I had a child and why I was right and then ultimately why I was wrong. And it becomes emotional at the end. And I owe a huge debt to Jimmy because I see him every few years in Montreal Festival and he always gives me notes and thoughts and he always has like 10 tags for jokes yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But with that one, particularly 
he helped me kind of find the emotional center of it, which he's not known for. No, I wouldn't say if you'd given me a hundred guesses at who'd helped you find your emotional center, I'd have ever gone with Jimmy Carr. <laughs> That's why he hasn't found his. He's too busy finding other people's. <laughs> he hasn't nailed his one down yet. <laughs> I wouldn't put him down as the emotions guy. No, no, you'd never guess. And uh, But he, you know, there's this part of the show... I don't want to spoil it, but it's at the ending of the show, but it's towards the ending of the show where I'm having like a real kind of dark night of the soul and struggling. It's my daughter's was about 13 months old and I had the flu and I was on the road and it was like everything was so awful, you know, and I had this moment where I thought again, the darkest moment where I just thought I get why dads leave. <laughs> I'm comfortable saying it because I'm not going to do it, but I get it. And he kind of talked me through, if you watch on Netflix, you'll see like just the ins and outs of talking through that because Mm. obviously it's a very fraught discussion point. Yeah, of course. That dominates your life, doesn't it? If you've got kids or you haven't got kids, why haven't you? When are you having them? It's like you can't go to any family function without someone questioning you when you're about 25, 26. That's when it starts ramping up. And you say so you've got one daughter. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, my daughter's eight years old. Eight years we're, old, yeah. We're bringing her over to Edinburgh and then London. As a matter of fact, last June, I was doing an early version of the show that I'm touring with now, The Old Man in the Pool, at the Leicester Square Theatre. And we, my wife, Jenny, and, and I brought our daughter to Matilda, Tim Minchin's oh, yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, one of the greatest days of my life. Really? Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Especially seeing it in London, I suppose, as well, Matilda. It's such a British thing. Yes. I mean, this is where I I have no jokes. It's just sentiment. It's like seeing your daughter experience that much joy for that much time in a row, you cannot put a price tag on. I mean, we did. It's 200 bucks a ticket, (laughs) but... Good stuff. <laughs> it's a pricey ticket, only for the wealthy. I mean, I'll try and think of a more relatable suggestion, but but if you want to be happy with your children, you need to be rich, basically, in the West London. Two hundred bucks a pop a day—that's what yeah. it is. Not including food. No, we're gonna go again. Yeah, you should. I'm looking at your your runs here. So you're doing August the twenty second, twenty. 20- 7th in Edinburgh. Then you're doing September the 12th to October the 7th in London. Josh, why are you patronising me like this? What? We've just met. We've just met. Do you know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to um, kind of get your tour tickets and dates out <laughs> in a subtle way as if it's conversation. <laughs> what are you going to be doing with your days when you're obviously playing the evenings in the Wyndham's Theatre from September the 12th? Uh... <laughs> How many days? Do you get many nights off with that? Like, how does it work? What's I think thing? I do eight shows a week for four weeks, oh, September through October 7th. Yeah, you don't patronise me. I know that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, my days are free, so if you guys needed a babysitter, I'm around. Really? Okay, we could meet up. My daughter's eight, and actually, as a matter of fact, she's going to be there for all of Edinburgh, and then she'll be there for one of the four weeks in London. Any suggestions you have for shows or anything to see... Well, again, we brought her to London last year and she just loved it. Like, loved every second of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, we'll send you some suggestions over. So Please. what about her school, though? When is she back at school? Are you home She's back at school in September. Text? Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly. when she goes back. What a fun summer, though. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I was looking on your Instagram at the... <laughs> is it called the pile? There's, like, a video you have oh, of, like, my, yeah. your living room. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad time in our life. But it's so funny because that's... If you watch my special, the new one... It's just like that. There's a moment where I say, that morning, my wife gave birth to our daughter, Una, which means one, as in we're only having one. And then as I say it, there's toys that come down from the ceiling, like toys and clothing and car seats. And they all fall from the ceiling of the theater. And so I'm surrounded by just crap, right? Yeah. And it's just like that pile in your video on your Instagram where it's like all of a sudden your life is inhabited by it's no longer your apartment. It's no longer your flat, your house. It's like Japanese knotweed. How long did it take you to make peace with that? Like as someone who didn't in their head was ever going to have kids, suddenly... I think like next year... (laughs) (laughs) About nine years in, you sort of give in. You tap out. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Velux XC, you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. Juvederm Velux XC injectable gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D erm.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness swelling pain tenderness firmness lumps bumps bruising discoloration or itching there's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness stroke temporary scabs or scarring talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you visit juvederm.com that's j u v e d e r m.com when did you make your peace with it, Rob? Was it soon or was it? Uh, no, I think it was a couple of years in where you basically go, look, I'm not going to be able to keep these relationships up with my friends. I'll just have no mates now and then <laughs> wait it out until my kid can talk and then that'll be my friend. <laughs> yeah, and I'm definitely having eight years old is the best, right? Like, it's just great. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And I have this thing sometimes where I, one of my Achilles heels is that I, can't live in the present and so i my brain goes to when she's 16 and she's going to be like my dad is garbage you know what i mean and when i was a kid in the 80s no one listened to children like we said that but nobody my dad would be like is someone talking you know what i mean but now everyone listens to children so she's gonna be like my dad is garbage and i'm gonna be like she is so right (laughs) she's so brave and fierce how can i amplify her voice (laughs) well yeah that is a totally different way bringing them up now and so how old were you when you decided you wanted kids then and was there a moment that not to you know ruin if it's in the show. But. My late thirties. Yeah, I'm 45 now, and she's eight. So yeah, it was around that time. So what would the 28 year old Mike Babiglia be saying about kids? Oh my god! Like literally, my first joke that worked, you know, was in my early 20s. I said, I don't want to have kids until I'm sure that nothing else good can happen in my life. <laughs> and it was one of those jokes where it wasn't even a joke. It was just something I said to my friend. In conversation, they're like, you should do that as a joke. And I would do yeah. it. And it would, people would light up because young, you know, in your 20s, you're just like, no, yeah. I'm not doing this. Yeah. It's inconceivable. And then I, I don't know, I turned at a certain point when it was just something that was just really important to Jenny. And there's just a thing that happens where it's in a, I, I'm sure you deal with this on this podcast all the time, which is it's hard to not sound like a cliche when you say that there's a certain thing that happens when you have a child where your aperture opens and you just go, oh, there's this much stuff in yeah. life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's my experience of it. And then you just go, it's inconceivable that you could ever not have a child. I think it's almost like you spend so long, you're sort of so self-obsessed when you're younger. It's like you're just staring in the mirror the whole time. And it's like when the kids come along, they like literally pull you around and turn you around to face the other way. And you're like, oh, fucking hell. There's a lot yeah. going on here now. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking everything. No, it's absolutely true. What are you like as a parent? Are you... I'd see you not as a stern kind of disciplinarian, but someone who wants to have fun with the kid a lot. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I think I definitely get charged with being the parent who gets the fun version of everything, but not the (laughs) challenging part of everything. Yeah, I'm a fun parent. I play guitar, play music. I bring Una to the shows. She loves coming to the shows and being backstage and everything. Like we did the show at Lincoln Center, which was kind of crazy. And then like, while the show was going on, Jen took her to the Nutcracker, which is at Lincoln Center. And it was just like, I mean, the truth is like, Jenny is just the most amazing mother. And I try so hard to just be anything at all. Like I, I have this joke in the new one where I say, and this is of course I wrote this when Uno was like a year old, but I go, my wife and daughter love each other so much, and I'm there too. 
<laughs> being a dad is just being like this pudgy, milkless vice president of the family. Just huge title, no power. Also oversees Congress. <laughs> so you travel a lot of work. So does Jenny sort of take the sort of lead with the childcare then in that regard? Because you're away a lot or you balance it so it's only over a couple of weeks. I would say like... I would describe it as I'm very, very present when I'm here. And yeah, then yeah. when I'm not, I feel terrible. You know, I'm in Oklahoma and my wife and daughter are here. It, I mean, that's, that honestly is one of the reticence I had when I was having a child in the first place was always like, I perform in every city. You know, sometimes I perform in 115 cities in a year. I'm, I, and some of them aren't even cities. They're just an Applebee's with a dream. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've tried to curb that quite a bit. Like I really, like even with London, for example, it's like I'm I'm going to Edinburgh for 10 days and I'm bringing the family. Yeah, that'll be a fun family trip though. There's loads for her to do there. That'll be yeah. fun. But Oklahoma for a Friday night. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Not as much Come going on. Come on, get in the car. <laughs> so I've been trying to do that. Even like, Last year, I did Berkeley, California for a month, and I just try to have longer runs places where they can come and spend yeah. time. Do you do a lot of FaceTiming and all that kind of thing? Or a lot you... of FaceTiming, yeah. So what's your rule on FaceTiming? Because I've got a specific rule when I'm away, and what's I was away in Australia rule? for what's like five rule? weeks. My rule is I don't FaceTime them unless they ask to see me. Oh. And they can FaceTime me whenever they want. But like, I find if I just ring up and I can cut through basically whatever loose set up with the girls and the kids and they might, ignorance is bliss, not be thinking of me and stuff like that. And it cuts through yeah. and then I find it upsets what's happening at home where if it's up to them, then they call me and then I speak to them. But like, I feel like if I ring home, it's quite selfish on my behalf because they're just getting on with it. But they can ring me at any time. But then I don't want them to feel like I'll never ring home. I wonder if that's a younger kid thing. Like, I wonder if as your kids grow older, it's less that they'll be thrown by you FaceTiming. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Maybe it's some being too strict with it. But I find when I do yeah. ring, they kick off a little bit because it's like, oh, dad's yeah. in. It gives them like more sway in an argument with Lou going, oh, one dad, yeah. where they don't actually want me. They just know that. Before it'll... you know it, you're having to hang up and you're thinking, I've caused absolute fucking carnage. I've caused fucking chaos absolutely there. destroyed it. My recent crisis in parenting has to do with that when your child is eight, they're more like a person. Yeah. Like early on, it's like they're just like a animated bag of rice. <laughs> and, and then at a certain point, they're like a talking person. You go, oh, I have to teach them something. And yeah. then you're like, oh, I don't know anything. I could yeah. do a 10-minute monologue. I could teach her how to do a 10-minute monologue about her life. <laughs> yeah, that's what you some great callbacks and uh, really well paced bits and maybe some props that fall from the sky as you finish yeah yeah yeah, yeah no I've had some questions like, like dad why is there the stars don't know you're gonna yes. have to just read or find someone who knows yeah. YouTube it and I don't know what they're stars <laughs> the other one this winter was I realised that I don't know how heating works and I realised because over Christmas the heat went off in our building and no one else was around and I was like, oh, I don't even know how heating works. Is that your show, the post-its behind you, Mike? Yeah, this is, um, my podcast is called Working It Out. And I had folks like Jimmy Carr on and, and Ashling B and Nish Kumar and a handful of folks who you might know. And we work out jokes in real time. And so these are like cards behind me that each have the name of a joke. So oh, wow. from the pod. one of them says keeping up with the dead Joneses. One of them is called <laughs> death by coconut. That's um, what's death by coconut. I read about a woman who died from a coconut falling on her head, which is the ultimate example of she did not see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, honestly, it's like a run of jokes, about just all these different perverse ways where people die in these freakish accidents and ways. Because the show is all about death and life and mortality and all the ways in which basically it can all go in a moment. Honestly, the old man in the pool is like 90 jokes about death that make people laugh and then hopefully feel something at the end. Like that's the goal of the show. Do you talk to your daughter about death? My daughter's five and we're entering that stage. So you must be quite heavily in that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating because she read Harry Potter this week for the first time. And then we watched the first Harry Potter. And a year or two ago, we tried watching the first Harry Potter and she, it was too scary. Right. And now it's interesting, like darker, scarier things we find 
are easier and more palatable from books than they are from movies because they're a little bit more of conversation starters in the sense that I think movies can be kind of sensory overload. Yeah. And so I think like that's actually led into a lot of like conversations about, yeah, about death and the challenging stuff. I had a joke I wrote the other day about how Jenny said to me, she goes, at some point we're going to have to talk to Una about sex. And I go, yeah, I, I said, I thought maybe you and I could have sex with each other and then we could do a Q and A because uh, I have a lot of questions <laughs> for the working it out show. It's <laughs> a good one. Thanks. <laughs> I find that with the scary stuff that sometimes my daughter doesn't give a shit about death. So there'll be things where you think she'll watch David Attenborough or something and she'll go, yeah, that's just an animal that eats another animal. That's fine. And you're like, I find that really upsetting myself. And then we try to read James and the Giant Peach. Have you read James and the Giant Peach? Roald Dahl. Of course. First page, James's parents are eaten by an escaped hippo. Oh, my God. Fairy tales are very dark. And I laughed. And my daughter's like, that's awful. Why is that funny? And I'm like, oh, I can't really explain why, why it's funny that his parents are eaten by hippos. It's not funny. It's, it's awful, isn't it? It's terrible. It is a tricky... I mean, there's so many things with children where, first of all, I don't know when to bring up things. Like when Jen said we should consider talking to her about sex, I was like, when? You mean in five years? You know what I mean? Like I didn't, like I... Eight seems young about sex. What would you say? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't though, because I feel like it also comes up at school in like 10 different ways. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And so then it's like, well, who do you want her to find out from you or some stranger or some other kid? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. So I found out what a 69er was at school when I was about 13, and that was really embarrassing. Tell me what that is. I haven't heard. Well, basically, the person <laughs> had to draw it down, and it's basically it's when someone sucks someone off whilst they're getting sucked off or wow. dealing with whatever else is down there. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So it's that's the numbers on the flight, <laughs> like it's on the bed, and that got drawn out for me. And everyone laughed at me. But then I don't know if I would want my dad telling me about 69ers at the age of eight either. So I'm not sure where, for me, the perfect age is. I remember knowing that because I had older half-brother. I remember knowing about 69ers when I was 10. Because I remember getting told off at primary school for explaining a 69er to another 10-year-old. First of all, it's astonishing that in in, uh, in your... Uh, parlance is 69er with an er at the end yeah, <laughs> we do not have that we do not have that do you, do what do you call it when you, the number, it's just the, the number it's the, it's the number on its own it's a 69 that's correct just a, yeah just i've never heard it it's only just now i've never asked for it i've been asked for it that many times to get on top of the but you know what i mean it's not like i get it offered a lot i think this is my favorite parenting podcast yeah <laughs> This is where I understand the most about parenting from. So do you not call it a 69er? Just 69? Am I the only that's one who does correct. that wrong? No, the right. ER, no, maybe the that's ER why Lou is a British thing. Say no. <laughs> maybe Lou doesn't know what I'm talking about. She's that's like, right. Well, well, we have a 99 in England, which is an ice cream with a flake in it. I don't follow that at all. So it's called a 99er. It's not called a 99er. What is it? It's called a 99. Oh, I'm getting it it's all wrong It's just ice cream. Wait, it's an ice cream. Yeah. From the ice cream... This is not a sexual innuendo. This is no, actual no, it's just ice cream. straight up ice cream. This is a straight up, straight up so you know ice cream. Whi- do you have Mr. Whippies? <laughs> ice cream? No, I don't have Mr. Whippies ice cream. God, what I tell you what, if I gig in America, I've got a lot of explaining to do at every turn of my turn of phrase. So, is there, you know the ice creams where you pull the handle down, it's white and it comes out curly like that to a little point, like a gelato Italian style. But not scooped. So this is an odd turn for the conversation because mm. um, we went from talking about a sexual position to yeah. talking about an ice cream. Yeah, that's the ice cream. cream. That's what the ice cream looks like. That's a very British seaside <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> I just think it's funny that you even have a photo of that, and I don't even know. I googled it. It's not in my. It's not in my camera roll. <laughs> Okay, so and that that yeah. and that's called a ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and one hundred and fifty nine is you do a sixty nine and shuffle one of them up your ass. Oh, Mabel's pointing out that in America it's called Mister Softy. Okay, now uh, Mabel's made it even ruder. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're called Mr. Softies. Okay. <laughs> and Fair here's enough. a bit of trivia about it uh, from the UK. The, yeah. One of the people that invented that type of ice cream yeah. uh, was Margaret Thatcher. Before she invented she ice cream. She invented the, the whi- Mr. Whippet. That's can't she, be true. That's true. That's genuinely true. She was a chemist and she, inve- she was part of the team that invented the Mr. Whippet. Wait, let's get us back on track. Go on. So with the 69er, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, the, my question is, do you both live in London? Yeah. I've, I've just, well, Josh does. I've just moved out to sort of like the edge of London. So it's sort of technically London, but not. Shall I send you an invitation to opening night at the Wyndham's? Is that the yeah. kind of thing you enjoy? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. We'll do that. Can I ask you about sleep? I'm desperate yeah, to talk to you about sleep because yeah. normally we talk to people about their children's sleep problems, but you've got your own your own big sleep problem. Yeah, I I, uh, I talked about this years ago. I did my first solo show in 2008 was called Sleepwalk with Me, and and I wrote a book that was loosely based on it. I wrote a, a feature film, This American was, Life, on uh, it. Yeah, it was this American, this American Life story, and. Um, because I have a serious sleepwalking disorder that was undiagnosed called REM sleep behavior disorder that was since diagnosed, I jumped through a second story window of a La Quinta Inn in Walla Walla, Washington on tour. There's so many words I don't understand, Mike, of this story so far. <laughs> yeah. When I say, th- okay, Walla Walla, Washington is Let a town. Let me just go back to what the sleep thing is first. The REM, right. REM so sleep yeah. behavior disorder, which is a sleepwalking, a very rare sleep disorder. It's it's, yeah. it's just a random thing right. where people have a dopamine deficiency, which is the chemical that's released from your brain into your body when you fall asleep that paralyzes your body so that you don't do what's in your brain right. while you're sleeping. Okay. So people who have this sometimes act out their dreams. Turns out I had a dream that there was a guided missile headed towards my motel room. Oh, fucking And that there's this military personnel in the room with me. And I jump out of bed, this is 20 years ago, and I go, what's the plan? And they say, the missile coordinates are set on you. <laughs> I decide in the dream, and then it turns out it was in my life, to jump out my window oh my so fuck. as to detonate outside the window for the sake of the platoon with me. Oh. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry I'm, well, I'm laughing. I don't in know why I'm my, laughing. I'm no, sorry. No, it's a, no, there, there's, okay, a lot right. of, it, there's a lot of laughter when I tell the, the story. Yeah. It's absurd. It's just an outrageous thing. It's like one of those rare moments in your life where in retrospect, you're like, what the hell? At the time, you're like, do you vividly remember this dream? Like, is it a yes. really? Vi- yeah. yeah. So, so, so it's funny. I actually just uh, announced yesterday that I'm going back to Walla Walla, Washington in January <laughs> yeah. to, do a, to do a show there because I have not been back since. It's a very small town in, yeah. in Washington State in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. So I jumped through the window. And it, it threw like like the Incredible Hulk. Oh my gosh! And and I say that because that's how I described it at the emergency room. I had to basically say, you know, the Incredible Hulk, how he jumps through windows and walls. That's like me. <laughs> and I had to explain it three times: the receptionist, the nurse, the doctor. I'm the Hulk. I'm the Hulk. I'm the Hulk. And one of the guys goes, "No, you're Bruce Banner." And I was like, "Point taken, nerd." <laughs> and, <laughs> So they put 33 stitches in my legs, and uh, at oh one point God. the doctor said, you know, you should be dead. And I said, no, you should. I zinged him because I'm a comedian. <laughs> and uh, 
And then I flew back to New York and I, I did what I should have done when I had had these sleepwalking incidents. I went to the hospital and then I did what I should have done in the first place. I flew back to New York and I went to a doctor who specializes in sleepwalking disorders. I was diagnosed with this, again, rare thing called REM sleep behavior disorder. So now when I go to bed at night, I take medication. Yep. I sleep in a sleeping bag up no. to my neck and I zip it up and I wear mittens so I can't open the sleeping bag. And it's uh, it's a true story. It's one of these things that I I mention it in all my specials because it's one of those things you can't get around. You guys just go yeah. like, well. And had anything happened before? Like, that was such a big event, like you jumped out the window. But had you had little mishaps, like, before that? So I had, it started out years before when I started having this recurring dream that there was like a hovering insect-like jackal in my bedroom. Oh my and God. I would jump on the bed. And I would say to my girlfriend at the time, there's a jackal in the room. And then eventually she would say, there's no jackal, go to bed. And I would say, okay. And I would go to bed knowing there was a jackal. And, uh, and then one time it actually got worse. I had a dream that I was in the Olympics for some kind of arbitrary event, like dust bustering. And they told me I got third place and I stood up on the third place podium at the Olympics and I, and I move over to second place. They say, actually, we reconsidered. You got second place. I moved to the second place podium. I'm feeling good. I'm new to the sport. And they say, and, 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 the, the, and then the podium is wobbling. And as it's wobbling, I realize I'm falling off the top of a bookshelf in our living room. No. I was living with my girlfriend. And I land on top of our DVR, like our TV recording device. And it breaks into pieces. And I, and I wake up in the morning and... My girl, my girlfriend at the time said, Abby says, Michael, what happened to the DVR? And I said, I got second place and it's a long story. <laughs> and at that time I remember thinking like, maybe I should see a doctor. And then I thought maybe I'll eat dinner. And I just went with dinner for years <laughs> until honestly, I jumped through this second story window wow. and that's, and that, it was a very seminal life experience. And so how did that affect when you have a kid and your sleep's completely messed up and stuff? Yeah, it's funny. Like I, that was actually one of one of the reasons why I never wanted a child. I always thought, like, well, I'm not gonna be able to be up all the way through the night because I take medication. I'm in the sleeping bag and all this stuff. And it was definitely like it was. I, I would say it was really, really challenging, and it was really challenging on on Jenny, my wife. Like, and I, you know, I, I sympathize with her a lot that I've that I was, I was not able to do the things that most parents and dads are able yeah. to do in the, you know, that first year. Yeah. Also as well, cause I, and it's not even cause you like, I'll oh, just get on with it kind of thing. She'd be worried going, well, if it kicks off again and you've got the baby, it's dangerous, yes. isn't it? Really? It's not Absolutely. just about like, oh, you do your turn. It's like, if, if you're left alone and it's not fair on you or the baby, no, and not on Jenny either, but it's safer if Jenny's there rather than you. It must've been terrifying. I'd be so worried about what I'd do. No, unfortunately I've been, I've, I haven't had a sleepwalking incident in about six years. Um, oh, and I'm, I'm trying to wean myself off the drug, it, you know, the medication, the medication, the medication so not strong. out. Yeah. Or is it? Cause I, I mean, I wish I were not on this medication. I mean, I really <laughs> desperately wish, but it was, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I have a bad case of the jumping out the windows. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I have to take it. Yeah. And is there any chance, like, is it a genetic or anything? Are you watching to make sure your daughter's sleeping all right and stuff? Or do you not I know? I think we're, yeah, we're hyper aware of, of her sleep and, and, uh, I'm just hoping it was like an anomaly and this thing that I, that is just a one-off thing. I, I honestly, it's, it's one of those things where recently my doctor said to me, my sleep doctor, who's like one of the top people in this field said, I don't even know if what you have is REM sleep behavior disorder, because it's such a, it's such a new field of study, sleep medicine, mm. that yeah. things that these different diagnoses are changing all the time. And people don't, even the doctors don't know for sure what some of these things are. I do think you have more exciting dreams when you're younger as well, though. Now I feel like I my, think that's I think that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like now I'm like, oh, it seems like a lot of effort to think of a missile on it when you're having a dream. My yeah. sort of dreams are like, oh, I sort of fell over last night and you shagged the bloke <laughs> from next door. And you get up and go to work. Yeah. I recently I've had to take the medication, and so I I never looked at the side effects until like a week ago. <laughs> and I looked at the side effects, and it was like it was like depression 
like poor motor skills and, and loss of memory. And I thought, oh, I just thought that was my personality. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that it's moment in your life where you're, it's that moment in your life where you realize that your personality is side effects. <laughs> so obviously you, you tour a lot. So in your bag, you have to put your sleeping bag and your mittens every time you travel. Absolutely true. And not only that, I have to often explain at hotels why I need to stay on the first floor. Oh, oh right. wow. Oh, so you've always got weird. a shit view wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because a lot of times they'll be, be like, side we, we put you in the presidential suite, and I'm like, no, 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 put me in the shittiest room to have. <laughs> Last thing you want is a presidential suite. That's going to be the main aim, isn't it, of it, missile? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Are the mittens, like, what What happens when you wake up in the morning? How, you can, so you can get your mittens off awake, but you're not yeah. dexterous enough when you're asleep to take off your mittens. Precisely that. So, yeah. So a lot of times... Like one way to think about all this stuff, it's kind of a a condom on top of a birth control pill. You know what right. I mean? Like it's like yeah. the the it's like the mittens are in, in case the drugs don't work, and but you're it's all these different safeguards so that right, yeah, so that you don't get pregnant. Yeah. Absolutely no chance well, of a sixty nine or in those mittens, no. mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. imagine that. Do you fancy? No, no, that's, got mis- that's Mr. So- that's Mr. Softy all day. Yeah. <laughs> It's a softie in his sack, go to bed. Well, Josh, Josh, you sleep with the duvet over your head. I sleep with the duvet over my head, but I just... Well, that's, that's just how you feel about your life. That is... <laughs> oh, he's got you worked out quick, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no, that is just how I feel. Is it not... Too... So, so I, I know I'm going into the wrong thing here, but are the mittens inside the sleeping bag? Or Yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> The idea is that that you're zipped up, and so if you have mittens on inside, you can't really unzip until you wake up properly in the morning, and then you take them off and all that kind of stuff. Oh, God. So if you need a drink of water or anything, it's an absolute faff. Yes. I don't – I wouldn't recommend having this serious disorder. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're criticizing him for having it's like, like a lot of atrophying like this. I'm just interested. It is it's a good like, point, uh, actually. Yeah. I know I know what Josh is gonna be writing on his Yelp review of this <laughs> disorder. Yeah. It's like also you do a show about disability as well on Channel 4. It's like I, I think there's a lot know, of hassle being in that wheelchair. I, I know, but yeah, I'm just interested. I'm just interested in the way different people sleep. There we go. <laughs> yeah. it has brought us to the end of what I would describe as a uh, a broad conversation covering a variety of topics, yeah. many of them not parenting. Um, but I've enjoyed right. it though. Yeah, I, I thought it's. I think it's been lovely and wide ranging. Now, one of the topics I covered was um, that you are playing Edinburgh the twenty second to the twenty seventh of August. Oh wow! London the twelfth to the seventh, twelfth of September to the seventh of October, and then you're doing America. Oh, we've got we've got American listeners. Portland, Walla Walla, yes, Seattle, Vancouver, Boston. Yeah, Walla Walla good. does feel so. Is that Walla Walla? That feels like the odd one out there. Is that just as a kind of um, I've got to get this out of my system kind of situation? Yeah, you can see. Yeah, you can see in my Instagram tiles. There's that artwork in Walla Walla because I was staying at La Quinta Inn, and so we created yeah. artwork that says La Berbiglia Inn, and then it's <laughs> it's all enshrouded in a broken window, broken glass window. Amazing. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I, I, I haven't been back since I jumped through the window. I, I'm, I'm actually very curious to see if I have PTSD from it. Oh, God. Well, keep us posted. <laughs> he may not be in the, post- in the Portland gig might not happen. Are you staying in the place? I'm not. No, no, I can't. I couldn't possibly. Although there is a plaque much. there next to the room. Is there? Yeah, there's a plaque that says 20 years ago, Mike Birbiglia, comedian Mike Birbiglia, jumped through the second story this room, sleepwalking. And true, and then it says like true story. Google it, and uh, wow. and it, I, Ira Glass made it. Yeah. Ira Glass, host of This American Life, made it and yeah. sent it there, and they have it up. And people send me photos and Instagram DM me all the time with it. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, but um, I'm, I have to say, there's two things I want to just say about the shows yeah. in Edinburgh yes. and, uh, uh, and and as well as London. It is all ages in the sense of like age, I mean, not kids, but like age 12 to 112. Like I really, I write these shows so that anyone really over 12 would enjoy it. And older, a lot of older folks really enjoy these shows. And I I take a lot of pride in that. And then the other thing is that uh, 
I've never been to Edinburgh. I'm very excited because people have always oh, said amazing to me, they basically say you write what you're doing is an Edinburgh show. And I always say, I've heard that, but I've never even been there. And oh. so people want to know the type of show it is. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a, a series of stories that add up to a single story and has a ton of jokes. And I think people will dig it. Um, and what's oh. the one about you um, deciding to have a child that's on Netflix? That, Cause I'm sure I listen to yeah, that one's called the new one. The new one, yeah. Mike Birbiglia, the new one, and it's uh, yeah, that one is very, 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 very kid centric. And actually, Old Man in the Pool is too, in the sense that a lot of it has to do with mortality and realizing, recognizing my own mortality, and 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 realizing that well, a lot of what I'm trying to live for is to raise my daughter. Oh, lovely stuff. Absolutely Mike, beautiful. one final question we ask everyone before you go. It's the, what's the one thing about the way Jenny parents, obviously we don't ask everyone this about Jenny specifically, it's about their own <laughs> partner. Um, but the one thing Jenny does as a parent that really frustrates you, but you don't really say it because it'll cause an argument, but if she were to listen, she'd pick up on it. And then also what's the one thing she does that just amazes you and you feel lucky to be able to have a child with her? Well, I, I, I said the other day, I said sometimes... I go, I go, we're definitely both helicopter parents, uh, which I, I'm guessing is a term that you use as well. Helicopter yes. Yeah, parenting. Yeah. Yeah, helicopter uh, niner, we call it. Heli- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> helicopter niner. Yeah, of course. Uh, be, uh, always an hour at the end. I think that, that often we think that we're helicopter parenting, but in fact, we're the entire Air Force. You know what I mean? Like we're just, we're, we're, t- we're on speed on speed. Yeah. So that's, I think that's, that's definitely the thing we grapple with. Um, and then the thing that I'm in awe of is, uh, you know, pretty much everything. I mean, I think Jen's a poet, she's a wonderful poet. She writes under the, she, she wrote under pseudonym. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, Allen Ginsberg and <laughs> she, no, it's J hope sign. And she, we actually, the, the book that we wrote, we wrote a book called the new one and it's, and it's stories by Mike Birbiglia and then poetry by J. Hope Stein about having a child. And she she wrote this beautiful book about parenting called the called Little Astronaut. And I think the thing that I feel so lucky about is that is that Una has this wonderful role model um, who is just so true to herself. And, and um, I think that that's really important as a parent that you're not pretending to be something else. I think that that's the kind of thing that children see through. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so it's much for coming on. You. Well, I hope to see you there, and uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks so much, Thanks mate. so much, Mike. Mike Babiglia, what a lovely bloke. What a lovely bloke. I really liked it. And we'll do a vote on um, our Instagram. Yeah. Uh, is it 69 or is it a 69er? I don't, yeah, I think it is a 69, but I always call it 69er. I think it's a childish thing because I call it a 69er, but that's because I don't, I haven't really, I think I spoke more about 69ers before I'd kissed a girl than in the rest of my life put together. I definitely, yeah. I thought it was going to be a bigger part of my life. I did a 69 once and I found it horrible. (laughs) It's too much. I didn't know what was going on and he was big and he was airy. I'm a bit of fun. Um, Right, Josh, I'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. 